Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Clear Cut Sports. It's a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope everyone's doing well today. Getting ready for the nice weekend. Supposed to be nice here where I am, so hopefully it is your way too. Let's get rolling here. NFL has proposed a new, a couple, well, a couple of changes, but the big one that I'm looking forward to the most is the onside kick rule. I I, I love this rule. <clears throat> well, I should say the proposed rule change because it allows teams twice a game, so you can't do it every time. It would allow teams after they score a touchdown in or a field goal, and then you know if there's an extra point or two point conversion after a touchdown. To instead of an onside kick or kickoff, have a chance of a fourth and 15 from their 25 yard line. So they have one chance, they need to get 15 yards um, to get the ball back. <clears throat> and I absolutely love this. Because let's be real, the onside kick never worked. And maybe like one out of every 20 times it would. So, giving teams an extra chance to get the ball back, I think, will add a lot of drama and excitement to the ending of close games. And that's pretty much it. This will add a lot of um, flair to the dramatic, if you will. And then some teams, I was thinking, you know, maybe like Kansas City, they might just go for it sometimes, you know, in the in the first half because, I mean, they can. They have the skill set to do it. They have the talent. I mean, why not? If you have a chance to get the ball back. See, I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, I, I assume this was um, proposed for end-of-game scenarios, because that's when you typically see an onside kick. But what if a team, say, say the Las Vegas Raiders are playing Kansas City. And the Raiders, you know, they do something spectacular. Like they, at the beginning of the game, the kickoff happens in, they return for a touchdown. John Gruden, or whoever, may say, well, geez, we have a chance here. If we can get a 4th and 15... And then score another touchdown. It'd be up 14 nothing before Kansas City even touches the ball. That's another interesting element, I think, that this will add to the game. Now, of course, it's a huge risk. Because if you don't get it, you used one of your two, you know, um, fourth and 15s, I guess we'll call it, that you cannot use at the end of the game. But if you do get it, Wow, you're sitting pretty. It's high risk, high reward, obviously. And it is at the end of the game as well. So I think this is a great proposed change. Hopefully the owners and whoever else will sign off on it. Because the onside kick is just brutal. I mean, I can only remember one being recovered in recent history. I'm sure there's more, but in the playoffs, remember when the, I think it was the uh, 
a few years ago in Seattle and Green Bay. And Seattle had the kick, and the, the guy it was right in his hands, and he fumbled it, and Seattle recovered and went on to win the game. If you remember that. Other than that, it's just, it never works. It goes out of bounds, it doesn't go 10 yards, the other team just catches it and falls on it. But this, at least, it's gonna, you know it's going to be exciting. Because one, one broken coverage, one, you know, spectacular catch, and oh my, oh my goodness, you got the ball back at your own, well, it'd be around the 40 at least, maybe more. So I absolutely love this proposed change. And hopefully it'll make its way into the NFL in this season. Paul Pierce apparently does not have LeBron James in his top five NBA players of all time. And, you know, when I first read this, I'm sure it was the same reaction as many of you was, oh my goodness, Paul Pierce doesn't know what he's talking about. This is just a grudge because they don't like each other. You know, just jealousy, etc. And that's exactly how I felt. However, look closely at what he said. And now, I'm not saying he's right. But just look closely at what he said. Here's a list of pe- the list a list a list of people he mentioned. Bill Russell, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, and Larry Bird. Now, of those, you know how many is this? Seven guys. I'd probably have LeBron ahead of all of them, and I except Michael Jordan and maybe Kareem, just for top five. You know, top players, strictly players. But look at what he said here. Guys who helped build their organizations or continued the tradition. Example. Before the Michael Jordan got to the Bulls, they were an atrocity. You know, if you watch The Last Dance, you know, just bad. And he turned them around, ended up winning six championships in eight years. Tim Duncan, with the Spurs, of course. I mean, just class personified, him and Greg Popovich. You know, I think he won five championships, just fundamentally sound, and kind of, well, not kind of, did stick with that whole organization. The same can be said with Magic Johnson and the Lakers and Larry Bird and the Celtics. They brought basketball. They helped push it to where it is now, you know, when they came into the league. And, you know, it was that Lakers-Celtics great rivalry that we still see today. And so these guys, you know, Kareem, of course, with the with the Lakers and uh, and Bill Russell with the Celtics, same can be said with them. So they kind of stuck with their organizations, the one organization, the one team. Whereas LeBron, of course, as we all know, he went to Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, and now the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. So what Paul Pierce is saying technically isn't wrong. Because what he's saying is LeBron James didn't help build an organization from the ground up or, you know, continued to um, push the, um, the, or the team forward. 
Now, if he had stayed in Cleveland his whole career, and if he had of, you know, brought multiple championships to Cleveland, that would be a different story. So, it, when with Paul Pierce saying that, he's correct. But come on, top five. We everyone knows that LeBron is in the top five. It's anyone that knows basketball, really. You know, my my top, for me, it goes Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem. And a lot of, you know, you might flip Kareem and LeBron. Um, People might put, you know, Magic in there. But come on, he's top five. He's top three. He should be top three in everybody's list. So, Paul Pierce making headlines. Um... Yeah, I, it, I like you're right technically, but come on now. That's that he's wrong about the top five, but from the organizational thing, and you know that's kind of a that can be a, a topic, a big topic, you know, because a lot of guys stuck with their one organization and kind of. What I'm trying to say is perhaps LeBron James wouldn't have been how great he is today if he had have stuck with Cleveland. Now, I'm sure he would have been because he's great He's great wherever he goes. But the move to Miami, playing with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, you know, getting that experience, Dwayne Wade telling him in the playoffs, listen, you're the guy here. you gotta, you got to take over and, you know, take us home. Going back to Cleveland, playing with Kyrie, you know, them two winning the champion and Kevin Love, them two, three winning a championship together. Now in Los Angeles, you know, in his elder years with Anthony Davis and a good supporting cast, well, kind of, Kyle Kuzma, I guess. So his growth may have, I don't want to say relied upon, you know, playing in different spots with different people, but that may have attributed to his growth as a player and how, why he is, in my opinion, the second greatest player of all time. Well, we we won't know. Paul Pierce is saying you didn't help your uh, one single organization or team grow, which you know that's great and all, but that's you you want to win championships. As a player, you want to win championships. Now I get like you might fall in love with a city, you know. Michael Jordan said how much he loved Chicago. <clears throat> even though he ended up playing with the Wizards. I don't really even count that as part of his career. I don't think many people do. And, you know, Kobe, the late Kobe Bryant with the Lakers. Like, he is L.A. Larry Bird and the Celtics. You know, Magic and the Lakers. You know, these guys that just, when you think of the Celtics, you think of Larry Bird. When you think of the Lakers, you think of Magic and Kobe and stuff like that. I think that might be where Paul Pierce is coming from, which in that case, sure, have at it. But LeBron is easily top five, easily top three, but from building up, I guess you can say, from building an organization, he's not in the top ten. I mean, which I might argue with you about the Cleveland Cavaliers because he still loves the city of Cleveland. You know, of course, he built the, I think it's, what is it, the I Promise School in Akron, Ohio, where he's from. So you can say he's a homer that way. 
but he owes the city of Cleveland nothing. He's done a lot for that city, you know, championships inside and outside of basketball. So I think while Paul Pierce may have a valid point, I think it is a touch out of bounds. I touched on Dak Prescott in my last episode, so I won't get too much. I'll just run through this quick. He's being offered to be the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And probably probably um, the Dallas Cowboys probably had the, felt their hand was forced. This is probably the move they were going to make all along. Should they? That's a conversation for another day. But it maybe he might not even accept. We don't know. How would you know? Like I said the other day, I'm now I have moved from Team Dak to Team Dallas. This is just ridiculous what's going on here. I gave I gave you all my list of top ten quarterbacks, and Dak Prescott was not in it. And now I get that the quarterback market, you know how you pay somebody isn't necessarily um, how good they are. Well, obviously that's part of it, but. It's it's the timing, you know. the The next top ten quarterback free agent will probably set the market again. You set the next highest again, that sort of thing. It's just how it works because your team you gotta have quarterbacks, and teams feel forced because they oh my goodness we need the quarterback. You know, here's here's a blank check. Just sign your name on it and putting them out there, which is understandable. But this, it's kind of, I, I'm, I'm over, you know, I'm over the Dak Prescott. Like, he's not, he's not the second highest quarter, bet, second best quarterback in the league. He's not my top ten, like I said. Better than Mahomes? No. Russell Wilson? No. Okay, well, there's two. So you're not better than those two. Aaron Rodgers? Don't think so. Drew Brees? Maybe in three years, but not right now. Lamar Jackson? No. Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't say. Tom Brady, please. And then you might be able to make an argument for these last guys. Carson Wentz, way better talent, but often injured. I still have Carson Wentz in front of him. Matt Ryan, I I, I like Matt Ryan better. And Matthew Stafford, who is completely underrated and completely underappreciated for the Detroit Lions. If you didn't hear my talk about him previously this week, please go listen. So there's ten guys, and I would I would say seven guys that are definitely ahead of them, and then you make an argument for eight through ten. And then of course there's guys such as Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. I mean you could make an argument that they're ahead of Dak, and perhaps I'll do that one day. So that is you know he's in that eleven. If that was the case, he's in that eleven to you know thirteenish, fourteenish range. And here he is demanding. It's 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 crazy. It's insane to me. the The Cowboys were probably right to do it. I I do think Andy Dalton is a capable backup and a capable starter, especially with all the talent. If that gets us money, they better make the playoffs. That's all I can say. They better go deep too. I'm sure there'll be more, more information, come Monday. Well, this weekend, but for Monday. Probably the most exciting news for me personally. It just I it was just about to start um, 
you know, recording here, and then this popped up on my phone, so I, I had to throw it in there. Joe Flacco has signed with the New York Jets. One year up to, I think it was $4.5 million, $1.5 million salary plus $3 million in incentives. I love, love, love this move for the New York Jets. If you heard my uh, little spiel um, the other day about how I think they're overhyped, which they are, how they're going to underachieve, which they will, and how Sam Darnold is questionable as, you know, he's probably he's a starting caliber quarterback, but is he that guy? I, I don't know. I, I have serious questions. Seeing ghosts? Come on now. We get that New England defense is good, but seeing ghosts? Come on. And then all of a sudden, you have Joe Flacco here, who is a veteran, a Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl MVP, albeit he may have been carried by the defense, but it does not matter. You cannot take that away from him. Not afraid to throw the ball. He He's known for throwing the ball deep. That's going to add some competition to Sam Darnold. Maybe this is what Sam Darnold needed to kind of, you know, light a fire underneath him. Is, is some competition in the quarterback room. Because it was kind of his to lose when you have guys that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, would have no chance of taking his jobs. So I love this move. The New York Jets. And here's a hot take for you. If I'm correct about my assumptions with the New York Jets struggling. And if my questions about Sam Darnold are accurate, also struggling. I believe this season, you heard it here first. Because right out of the gate, they're at Buffalo, uh, home to San Francisco, at Indy, and home to Denver. I have them losing four in a row. If Sam Darnold struggles and they're not winning, they have a more than capable backup. My hot take, we will see Joe Flacco play some meaningful games and minutes this season for the New York Jets. Because this is make or break time for Sam Darnold. Same as, you know, I, I think the same thing about Baker Mayfield, and a lot of people agree with that because of the talent he's surrounded by. And, you know, he had a great rookie season, took a step back last year. So now it's okay. Is he going to continue to slide or is he going to kind of bring himself back up? Sam Darnold, you know, he's been hurt the past couple of years. He, he got blown out a few times last year when healthy. If you're going to struggle... And Adam Gase, his job could be, you know, up in the air. Don't don't be surprised if you see Joe Flacco on the field. I'm telling you. And I like Joe Flacco. I don't know if he can be the guy to carry you to the Super Bowl right now. Those days may be over. But he's not afraid to air it out. He'll take a hit. He's tough. He knows the game, of course. Sam will probably, regardless, learn some valuable information from him. 
they have they have an, a little better up, uh, offensive line to protect whoever's back there. Joe Flacco, I'm telling you. I have him starting a few games this season. Especially later on. That'll do it for me, folks. Hope you all have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed listening. Um, looking forward to getting back to it on Monday. Hopefully I'll see you all then. Until then, stay safe, everybody.